everybody, welcome to the Fresh Out the Box podcast. I am the board game guru and game master extraordinaire, Jahananan. Casualty CDG, but you can call me Gary. I'm a retired child crimes detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian, and tonight we're doing our first ever episode of Fresh Out the Podcast. Uh, I'd like to introduce my best friend, uh, who has never been on this stream before. He's the professional media and movie mastermind, Drew Munhausen. Well, thank you guys so much for, for having me here on Fresh Out the Podcast. I can even say we uh, we did go through some different names, some ideas, you know, Fresh Out the Box Cast, uh, Fresh Out the Box the Podcast, uh, Pod Out the Box Cast, and we, we did just decide that Fresh Out the Podcast seemed to fit uh, the best. I actually did look to see if there were any other Fresh Out the Podcasts that exist, and there are not. So we <laughs> are the only fresh out the podcast we did it, uh, oh i think this is good news this is good news it's funny that you say that it actually took us a long time to settle on the name fresh out the box we had maybe for about a week or two researched all these different facebooks and youtubes and twitters trying to make sure that we could find a decent name for our channel and a decent brand and fresh out the box is also like a sneaker channel <laughs> but they don't they don't really they've got like i don't know 250 subscribers on youtube right so they're a different thing uh they're not doing what we're doing that's fine nobody's stepping on anybody's shoes so to speak uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and for anybody who's joining uh, who wants to see us if you want to see what we're doing and and also not just hear us we're on twitch and <laughs> we have a great a uh, great new fresh out the podcast logo at twitch.tv Backslash Jahananan, I just looked at it, and uh, it's just fresh out the box with a big red slash through the word box. I'm pretty podcast. proud of it. I'm pretty proud yeah, of it. it's very good. I do my we didn't, have to, we didn't have to pay for that, did we? You did that? Yeah, I did that. You should pay yourself. That's good. That's art. That's top-tier shit, man. <laughs> I don't have any money to pay myself. <laughs> That's all right. That's what happens when you run a podcast. <laughs> so, so just for some background, you know, I... Uh, I do occasionally tune in to uh, Gary and Jahan's streams when they're doing different uh, tabletop game streams and so on. And uh, I have been truly impressed with the consistency and how dedicated uh, they have been to process and just being on, you know, consistently the nights that they advertise. And uh, I have always been one who... Uh, I used to have a really long commute to and from work. I would listen to a lot of pad podcasts to and from work on movies and pop culture and all the things that I like. And I always wanted to do that myself. And when they had this consistent uh, stream going, I finally sent them a note and said, hey, guys, what do, what do you all think about this? And uh, lucky for me, they were on board. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about movies and pop culture, sure. But, you know, these guys are also masters of board games and tabletop games and things that maybe aren't talked about as much on some of those other um, pop culture podcasts. So I thought it was a good um, a good opportunity to kind of add some insight there. So, you know, it, this isn't going to be a podcast where we just like review a movie each episode or something like that. You know, we might talk about some movies, things that we've all seen, um, some of our takes. We might talk about some news items, but really it's the stuff that we care about. It might not necessarily be the top news headline of the day or of the week, but it's just kind of what we decided, hey, you know, I want to talk about this or this, this hit me this week. And then also here's some things in the past week that I found to be pretty cool. Um, 
And I thought that would be fun for to to kind of add uh, a little bit more diversity into the array of content that is on uh, each week on Fresh Out the Box's stream. Yeah. Yes, and the, we just barely talked about a format right as we got on. We're going to do spoiler-free of movies and content and everything in the first half for everybody who wants to hear about cool nerd stuff coming up, and then we're going to do maybe some spoilers. Not intentionally spoilers, but maybe some spoilers in the second half. That one's like, put on your earmuffs, we might we might, we might, might spoil something. Okay, I'll put this spoiler alert icon up uh, just to warn people. We can do it, like I said, we can do it in the second half, and then... Uh, then we can release, you know, when we release two episodes, we can have one that's a spoiler episode, one that's spoiler free for yeah, your absolutely. commute. For your commute. Uh, yeah. And like, as an example, you know, Jahan and I both saw uh, Black Widow already, but the great thing is, is we haven't talked to each other about it at all. So our uh, first impressions to each other will be here live on the podcast stream so that's pretty exciting i like did jahan hate it did he did he love it did he um does he even remember watching it you know was it so uh forgettable that he already (laughs) forgot the movie i mean we don't know we're already here why don't we open with black widow then spoiler free since we're in the first half um well yeah yeah so so first off you know to get into that subject i think it's worth noting um since the since the pandemic hit and you know theaters have started reopening uh it looks like right now the estimates are in and my facts right it looks like black widow is set to make about 90 million dollars this weekend which Holy is pretty shit. which will be the record breaker for the pandemic era you know uh fast 9 got about 70 million a couple weeks ago and now this is poised to hit 90 million um which is interesting too because Unlike Fast 9, Black Widow is on the Disney Plus premiere access, so people can pay to watch it at home. And that is not uh, reflected in the box office totals that are reported, so it's worth noting that it's probably made more. Are you you going to talk about Fast 9 also? (laughs) Not bad for a family movie, I did see it. (laughs) I would like you to talk about Fast 9. I am not going to see it until it's streaming somewhere a year or two from now because it's a fucking Fast and the Furious movie, but I would love to hear you talk about how it's exactly what I expected it to be. I will only watch it if I am locked in a room for the rest of my life and it's the only movie. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) I, I, you know, trash. You know what those I, I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for those. Those um, movies to me are like whenever you look, it's like whenever you eat a chili dog, right? And two hours later, you have a beefy fart and you just stew in your own fart and you think it's funny and you don't think it's that bad, but everyone else wants to puke. That's how I feel about the Fast and the Furious movies. They're just my own fart. I just, they're, they're so likes bad. Their own bread. Yeah, they're so bad. They're awful, but I really don't mind stewing in those movies. Yeah. Fast uh, Five, I believe, is legitimately a great movie in every way. It is amazing. It introduced The Rock to the franchise. It had this amazing, uh, safe uh, car chase at the end, if you remember, where they're dragging a safe through the streets. I mean, that movie is fantastic. Ever since those, I was officially on board. Um, I do think that those movies 
when you see the the most recent iterations without Paul Walker, I think there's a big hole missing there. They still make it work, but just to keep it short and sweet, Fast Nine is probably on the lower tier of Fast and the Furious movies for me. Um, and you'd probably put Too Fast, Too Furious down there, which is one of you- my favorites. I probably have Too Fast, Too Furious more in the middle, to be honest. Tokyo Drift or Bust? I put, uh, mm. put eight, eight pretty low. Six is a little lower for me. Like For me, it's five, and then one, seven. And then, and then that's when you get into, you know, like, ooh, and so on. Oh, the fourth one is not very good either. I, man, so I rewatched one. I didn't know we were going to talk about Fast and Furious, but here we are, so why not? So I rewatched one at some point, and it was not good. And I rewatched Too Fast, Too Furious, and my wife got up and she was walking out of the room and I was like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm not going to finish watching this. It's like watching a softcore porno nonstop. And I just burst out laughing and was like, it really is like an MTV music video from beginning to end with like girls in bikinis and sports cars and car washes and ludicrous. Like it just doesn't stop. <laughs> it, it really is. And I think to me, that's the charm of the movie is it's so classically 2000s garbage that I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better example. You, you know in the first movie where they're robbing the 18-wheeler? Yes. You know what they're stealing, right? Yes. I, <laughs> they're stealing VCRs? They're stealing combination TV VCRs. <laughs> and they're risking I thought it was their DVD lives. players. Is that what it is? It, 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 was, uh, it was combination either DVD or VHS. It was one of those. But it was a TV. And, it was an all-in-one. And they were... Love it. They had to have them. Oh, man. I mean, the... the the ninth movie, I mean, they've officially entered self-aware territory to mm. a degree where, like, they, they just know that they're over-the-top ridiculous. And that's fine. Um, that's entertaining. You know, um, do they, you know, do they go into space? I don't, you know, go see it and see it in theaters, you know, or, or wait till it comes out on streaming. You know, you're, I think that's fine. I think if you're really itching to get out to the theater to go see a big blockbuster movie, you're going to get that enjoyment out of it. But if you're, you know, if you like to just watch the Fast and the Furious movies at home, I think you're going to be just fine waiting. Um, Black Widow, on the other hand, Jahan, did you go see it in theaters or did you get it through the Disney Plus premiere access? Yeah, I got I got it through uh, access. Uh, watch it at home. It was I liked it. I liked. It. I thought it was uh, exciting. It was really cool to see. I see. I feel like it would have been amazing if it had come out a few years ago. You know, uh, given uh, the the subject matter. Uh, and that after credit scene, everybody watch that after credit scene. It's it's good stuff. Uh, and it really yeah, I feel like I... sets up some things. So. I think that I just a standalone Black Widow movie for for whatever reason I think I just had low expectations going into it. Uh it'd been delayed so much and also, you know, I don't think it's spoiler to say because everybody in the world saw Avengers Endgame, but we all know what the fate of Black Widow was in that movie. And so you're kind of watching this going, well, you know, what's what's the point is it too little too late you know yeah. and and to be honest with you i i had fun watching i came out of it liking it more 
than I thought I was going to. Definitely. But, you know, it's this big, you know, Scarlett Johansson is the, you know, the only female of the original Avengers finally getting her own movie. And the, I think the most interesting thing about that is she's kind of the least interesting part of the movie itself. Like there's, there's some really good supporting characters in it. Like David Harbour is great. Florence Pugh is amazing, yeah, which I'm great. a really big fan, really a big fan of uh, Florence Pugh in general. Dude, and I, do not I think know. that I, I did not, I, I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything before, but holy crap. That that woman is uh, great. The last movie she was in in theaters was Little Women that came out, uh, I think, in 2019. And uh, she was nominated for an Oscar for it. She's really good in it. She's playing young in that. Uh, I think Gary might have seen Fighting With My Family. That's the uh, BWE-inspired yeah. movie of Paige. And she mm-hmm. played Paige in that movie. She was oh, the lead. Shit. So I do know who she is, uh, and I didn't know that I knew who she was. And she was actually really good in that movie. Uh, the movie was produced by The Rock, and yes, and it uh, it seemed like it was produced by The Rock. The, the scenes that had him, he was like super inspirational and motivational. And <laughs> I've watched a lot of wrestling stuff behind the scenes, and really nobody talks about The Rock. I think that maybe he kept to himself and might have been a bit of a dickhead, but not a huge asshole. But that movie made him seem super sweet and inspirational, and that's not how I think he probably was at the time probably not at the time okay. yeah to your point i think that he he's played uh, what up? You know, yeah we have the uh sorry who, who i can only assume is the creator of the indie comic ace blade in our chat right now uh ace blades on kickstarter right now it is an indie comic and the creator i believe is the person talking in chat who apparently um, liked the movie as well um, I literally have Ace Blade open as my fifth tab right now. The Kickstarter of it, the art looks awesome. It's on our list to talk about today, and I've got it. I'm looking at it, it's right there. It already hit its funding goal, which is fucking awesome, but not awesome enough. Let's try to get as much money to indie comic creators as we can. Absolutely. Especially when it, well, you know, not to every indie comic creator, ones that actually put in and do hard work and bust ass because this fucking rules. Yeah, if, if you, it looks cool. Yeah. It does. So that should be that's probably Danny. What up? What's up, Danny? Mr. Mr. J Quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, Drew, I really I, I liked it. I, I went in with low expectations. Uh well not low, low, but like I didn't expect a great movie, but it was cool. Uh the villain reveal was cool. Uh I like what they did with it at the end. Uh I was interested to see how the story started. You know, that was all cool. The action was intense. Uh, and, you know, who doesn't love beautiful women flipping around? Uh, David Harbour was hilarious. He was he was pretty funny, um, which I like David Harbour in general. Uh, but he's he's still it's he's kind of one of those guys that when he pops up and stuff now, I'm just not quite used to it enough yet. And when he's in stuff, I'm like, oh, man, I like him. He's he's funny. Yeah. Uh, I think he's an enjoyable presence. Uh, Rachel Weiss is really good. And it as well, um, she played the quote unquote mother of uh, uh, of Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. Um, yeah, you know, 
we'll get into more of the spoiler stuff later. I, I don't want to go too much into yeah, the oh, yeah, plot, yeah, but but I think that you know it's not really a spoiler to say the movie picks up right at the end of Captain America: Civil War. It does. So it's kind of like it, I. I've seen all the Marvel movies. Like I'm a really big comic book fan. I always tell people I, I was a comic book fan before it was cool. You know, I was buying (laughs) comics, collecting comics before, you know, before the MCU days, before even like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies came out that I think really kind of the X-Men movies and Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, I think really kind of put started getting Marvel back on the map. And like, I like to point out, you know, I was, collecting it before then let's let's get it right uh <laughs> so to be clear i've known drew since fourth grade and we're 32 now so we were 10 in 1998 1999 and we were collecting comics two years later we were collecting comics my brother got us really into it he was six years older and he would drive us to comic book stores around town and so we were collecting comics when we were 12 back in 2000, <laughs> 2000. I was a Punisher guy. Drew had uh, a huge collection compared to me. I would pretty much only buy the Marvel Dark, uh, what was that line? The Dark Knights, the Marvel Knights line. Well, so nice, yeah. I bought Daredevil, I bought Moon Knight, I bought Punisher. But Drew bought... Spider-Man, he bought X-Men, he bought Captain America, Avengers, and he would stay up with all the main lines, and I just kind of knew about these nitty-gritty, dark-alley-beat-your-ass characters that would kind of cross over to his line sometimes, and then I would get really excited whenever there would be a big Marvel event and my characters would cross over with his characters, we would uh, we'd read about it. So yeah, we're, we're, I guess, not old-school nerds, right? <laughs> because those guys are from, like, the 80s now. So <laughs> we... We're the middle school nerds. Middle school nerds. For reference, you know, Deadpool wasn't even on the radar back then. Like, you know, now Deadpool's this pop culture phenomenon, and he wasn't then. And I remember Gary getting a new Deadpool comic at that time, and me, you know, as a little eleven or twelve year old, being like, "Who is who is Deadpool?" What? Oh, and yeah, when you Deadpool. tried to explain it to somebody back then who doesn't know, it sounds like how does that even work? You know, as a as a character. Yeah, I too. Uh, you know that. Uh, I I wouldn't say that I collected them. Not like you guys. You guys like went ham. Uh, but I definitely read comic books back then, uh, and I was all about uh, Spider Man, X Men, and Superman. Those are my big three. Uh, I don't know. I was uh, when I was growing up. I, I idolized Superman. You know, he was badass. How could you not when you're a little kid? Uh, That's funny. Spider Man was I... huge for me. I used to collect the Justice League comics, actually, when I was really, really little. In, like, first and second grade, I would pick them up from Kroger. And they were, like, trash-tier comics, right? They weren't good at all. They were, like, cereal box brand comics. Uh, but they were still Justice League. And super. I remember when Superman turned blue and black because he flew into power lines. Yes. And then he got electricity powers. And yes. even as a second or third grader, I was like, what the fuck? Are you talking <laughs> See, about? I loved Blue Spider Man because, or uh, Blue uh, Superman, because I was a child. So <laughs> I, as a second grader, I was pissed. I was like, "Really? Power lines? Like he hasn't flown through a zillion power lines or been bashed through them in fights yeah. before? And like now he has electric electricity powers?" And I just stopped as a kid. I was like, "No, no See, more." I was like, "I was like, finally, a Superman for me." <laughs> <laughs> like I had a very different reaction. 
That's great. That is very good. Um, moving back to Black Widow, mm. uh, the thing I was going to say is that I had, you know, I've seen all the MCU movies. Most of them I've seen probably more than once, but I'm not one who continuously rewatches them or I rewatch all of them before the new one comes out. Like, I don't care enough to do that. Um, and I have, I watch a lot of movies in general. So, I, you know, sometimes I'd rather be watching something new than something I've seen before. That being said, Black Widow, where it takes, where it's kind of starts and right after Civil War, like I am sitting there in the theater kind of having having to go through like i you know i don't even know what she was doing you know where was she and so what did she do how did it end for her what did she do there and you know i do kind of remember that she was on tony stark's side and then she kind of ended up helping steve rogers along the way i believe so she was you know so basically they would have been after her due to the the uh, sokovia accords i think that they call it in the mcu um so anyway, so it's a little bit disorienting when you see the movie to try to get your brain back to that place. Yes. Now, that being said, I, I think it is a pretty good standalone story, and maybe it would have been better coming out back then. But you know, I, I was I ended up being entertained and happy to I get liked it, it now. I liked what it did. I liked what it showed. I liked all that stuff. Uh, if it had come out after Civil War, it would have been amazing. I think I think it would have been truly an amazing uh, movie, and then they could have put that end credit scene like at the end of like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier or something, you know? Like they could have moved that, uh, and it would have had the same effect. Yeah, it would have been cool. You've been like, oh my god, I can't believe that that's happening. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Spoiler uh, with spoilers. We'll get to that. <laughs> Um, soon enough, yeah, we'll go excited. through a couple other just quick news items before we hit our, our hits. I wanted to bring this up because um, I can't remember how long ago, about a week ago or so, uh, the director Richard Donner passed away. And he's most well known for, um, you know, I think for directing, you know, The Omen, uh, Superman, uh, the Christopher Reeve, you know, original 1978 Superman, but he also directed uh, the Goonies and, and Lethal Weapon and so on. And I only brought it up because me talking here with Gary, you know, the first time I ever saw the Goonies was at Gary's house, probably with Thomas's older brother and a friend. And, you know, I'd heard of it, but had never seen it. And, and we watched it. And I think it's one of those movies that some people uh, our age or older have nostalgic ties to um so i was just curious to see you know i wanted to bring it up not to say that y'all went back and watched any richard donner movies because he <laughs> passed away but do any of those movies have oh um any kind of nostalgia value for y'all so does he how many lethal weapons did he do it looks like he did neck. all of them. i can tell you this yeah it looks like he did so he has 82 directors credits so yeah, I he directed all find, four Lethal Weapon movies. I could probably find some in the list that have some nostalgic value, but specifically, um, I think it's Lethal Weapon 3 that has Jet Li. And uh, four. Is it four? Yeah. And it starts off with like this flamethrower scene yeah, in the street. Yeah, the fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's like, The guy who has the, he has the Walkman and the flamethrower. Yeah, man, that scene sticks out to me in my head as being like a really iconic action scene. And totally setting the pace for the movies, it's like, there's a guy in a flamethrower suit 
in the middle of the street. Like, that's not a thing, right? That doesn't happen. <laughs> and then the cops are two guys in, like, plain clothes with guns. They're not in uniform. They're not responding in a car. <laughs> They're just two guys. The, the, and uh, the guy in the flamethrower, he's playing a song about fire, so it's right on the nose. And then Jet Li is the bad guy. So I just know that, like, we have a kung fu bad guy also. I love Jet Li growing up as a kid. So, like, yeah, that movie, totally dope. I got nothing but thumbs up for Lethal Weapon 3. Four. That's like the epitome Four, of just 1998 right there. <laughs> I love I love Lethal Weapon 4. That is also my favorite Lethal Weapon. I watched it all the time when I was a kid. It looks that like movie. he also did a Timeline with Paul Walker, uh, which so is, I, I love that movie. You did bring up the Goonies, so I'll I'll answer on the Goonies. I um I like coming of age movies. I I really do. I don't really like the Goonies. I uh, don't like the acting in the Goonies except for Sean Astin and uh, you mean Samwise Gamgees. Yes, the Samwise's Gamgees. I like Sean Astin and I like uh fuck the the uh, the older brother. Oh, uh, Josh Brolin. I Josh Brolin. Yeah, I like young young Josh Brolin as Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. I was that's what I was trying to think of little Thanos. I don't think I don't think that's necessarily the hottest of takes. I think that there's a lot of people that just for whatever reason I... the Goonies wasn't one that stuck with them or was one of their favorites as a kid. Nobody. I think Jahan's about to say otherwise. Nobody attacked me on Twitter or anything. I haven't seen it. That's. Okay, I can't be mad at you for not seeing it. Um, people are going to be more mad at me for just blatantly not liking it. I, I just don't. I do not like it. And it's kind of got a soft spot in nerd culture heart. And I would say, I would like to see The Goonies remade. And people would shit an ass um, uh, <laughs> about the remakes, about how bad it would be. But I think it would be better with a remake. I honestly do. I think they could. Are you trying are you trying to tell me that there are people on the internet who would come after you for not liking something that they like? Because I, I can't see that and happening. Then telling them that I want a remake made. Not only do I not <laughs> like your piece of shit, I want them to remake it with different people and do it better. That's really going to piss them off. Uh, so <laughs> since we're talking about the Goonies, uh, right on topic, uh, the Goonies just dropped a board game called The Goonies Never Say Die, came out this year, uh, and it has an 8.4 on Board Game Geek. And anyone who's in the in the know, Board Game Geek, like that's that's the real that's the real that's, score there. That's and, the only one. Uh, 8.4, anything above a 6 means it's buyable. You know, an 8.4 is high. So uh, I don't hate The Goonies universe. I'd play a Goonies board game. Yeah, it's a Goonies board game. Out now, uh, just... A little bit of uh, that nerd news for you. Uh, it's it's brand new, so it's very topical. So uh, I can actually yeah. I, here you go. I, I like the adventure and I like the setting in the Goonies. I and I just think the only thing was some of the child actors were bad. That's all. And actually, the bad guys they were they were pretty cheesy too. Um, the acting wasn't great. The adventure was neat. I'll play the I'll play the board game, the adventure game. I bet it's dope as fuck. <laughs> uh, so for Richard Donner, should we all do the the truffle shuffle? As a as a, a salute, I'll Maybe. let you do it. I, I I think that that was appropriate. If for anybody that is listening to this, just the audio later, if you want to go back and hunt the video, Jahan did stand and do a, a little uh, a little bit of a truffle shuffle for, for your viewing pleasure. Captain. 
Yeah. But, See, uh, yeah, Rich- I, you let down the listeners at home because they couldn't hear your truffle shuffle. And if they can't hear it, <laughs> still can't hear it. <laughs> For some reason, I didn't pick up on the mic. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was my cheek. For everyone listening at home, don't call the cops. Uh, but yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Richard Donner. Um, moving on, I wanted to talk about this because, oh, Jahan, I think you probably, in particular, the most. I know Gary, you dabble with the Nintendo Switch, but there there was a new <laughs> model that was announced this week, yeah, and it had been rumored. Uh, if you are are one to you know to be on on the Reddits or on the interwebs, uh, as they say. Uh, I think there was a lot of rumors and speculation for over the past year that Nintendo was working on basically like a pro version of the Nintendo Switch, similar to what we saw with the Xbox One and PS4 generation, where they kind of got a half step up, you know, a more powerful console. You know, the same console, but but more power, 4K, that kind of stuff. And the Nintendo Switch OLED <laughs> model was announced this week. And it was announced to have a, uh, you know, a seven inch OLED screen, which I'm sure looks very pretty. OLED screens are pretty fantastic. Like I had a Vita that had one. And I think the normal switch screen is like 6.2 inches. This is a little bit bigger. Um, it has a wider adjustable stand. Uh, yes. It has a, the dock has a actual wired LAN port for um for like online gaming. It actually looks really slick. The stand is, is white. The, uh, uh, why am I why am I blanking on the name of the controllers for the Switch? Uh, Give me here, John. Joy Cons, thank you. Joy Cons are white. They look slick. Um, all that, and then sick. of course it has some some big more uh, internal storage for the system, and that's it. And it retails for fifty dollars higher than the regular Switch model. It is not any more powerful. It doesn't output four K. It doesn't have more RAM. It doesn't have any better technical specs other than having a nicer bigger screen and some other you know adjustments to the dock and so i think a, a lot of switch fans doesn't it have a very very small internal memory upgrade i mean i so i know that like the xbox and the playstation and even phones and computers have massive internal memory yeah. but the uh, the switches is very small, and the yeah. new one is twice that size, which is still very small. See, but at least they doubled like, the internal memory, right? I feel like they would have to go out of their way to not double the internal memory. <laughs> Just with the advancement of technology itself, you know, like the screen's bigger, which means there's probably more space in there, uh, and so I, they would have to do something. Otherwise, there's just going to be like this void in there of unused. Space. I love that a Nintendo Switch literally cannot install Call of Duty Warzone. Not, I mean, it's not for the system, but Call of Duty Warzone is 110, 120 gigs or some shit. The Switch couldn't hold it. It couldn't play one of one modern first-person shooter. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, well, but I mean, nothing. Can... I'm not knocking the switch in any means. Yeah. I just think that that's. I think that that's crazy. It does. I do like that you can put whatever memory card you want in there. Uh, I have an upgrade. Yeah, mine. you can get those off-brand micro SD cards that are much cheaper than the uh, the Nintendo and those can give you some space. Uh, I I have one in mine. I don't know how big mine is. Mine's probably like half a terabyte, but uh, it's pretty good. 
Uh, yeah, the OLED, I mean, if you don't have a Switch and you've been wanting one, yeah, get it. It's, you know, 50 bucks more and you get, you do get a better system. It's bigger screen, uh, wired LAN, which is definitely a big help when you're playing online. If you're going to be going on Smash Bros tournaments online, you know. Uh, don't do that. Don't play Smash Bros online with your friends because the Switch has the worst party audio matchmaking functions of any modern system <laughs> See, while like, we're here I knocking excuse. the Switch's internal memory, let me take a shit on the Switch's party making uh, also. It sucks. See, I All do right. I do tend to excuse that because it does make it much harder for, uh, what do you call it, predators to get at the child community that is prevalent in the Nintendo Switch. I really do feel like Nintendo Switch uh, hamstrings itself in certain respects for the safety of children. I really do think that that's part of it. Uh and I, I think got to respect that. I think that that's what they say. And that's <laughs> it. I think that that's what they say. I don't believe that that's effective. I don't think that's what they're doing. And, I mean, back when we were in, you know, 2001, 2002, when Xbox was coming out, it came with a headset and it came with party chat functions. Yeah. It, for PlayStation 2, when you were playing Ghost Recon online, it had a headset and it had party functions. And here we are in 2021, but this, you know, the Switch came out in 2019 or whatnot. Uh, but still, no no headset, no yeah. party functions. Well, like, I, use your phone, use the app, use... It's, it sucks, man. I, I don't know if maybe that's, like, a cultural thing uh, in Japan. Maybe they're just not going... They don't online game as much. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, the PlayStation, I understand, doesn't have the best online either. Uh and so those so are it, both the Japanese consoles. Uh, maybe it's just the Japanese thing? I don't know. PlayStation is way more functional. Is it actually it? has party and matchmaking and effective friends lists and being able to join your friends and uh, things like that. But it's also really ugly compared to Xbox. While we're talking up. about it, Xbox's party system has been sh- just shitting out nonstop the past like two weeks for us. So I don't know, man. But it's uh, all, no, it's all a crapshoot. It's ugly menus. You have to back out of menus and go back into menus and wait for load screens and stuff in between. And it's really strange and it's bad. Uh, it's just not streamlined with no quality of life updates. Since the PlayStation came out, it has the exact same dashboard. And Xbox <laughs> okay. annoyingly updates their dashboard once or twice a year. And it's annoying for the first week while you learn where everything is. But then it's quality of life, dude. It runs really fast. It's streamlined. You can run straight into apps. Like, you can run straight into, like, Spotify from your game without shutting the game down. There's a lot of really fast, smooth transition stuff you can do with the Xbox. I'm a big fan. I have a a Series X. It runs amazingly. Uh, You know, all my games run super fast. It's been... I'm I'm a big Xbox fanboy as far as, you know, if we're talking about the consoles in particular. You know, going back to some of the things y'all were saying about the Switch and online play, I think just the... thing with the switch that's interesting is that despite how much the tech is lagging behind you know xbox and and ps5 too that it's just this nintendo has their hardcore fan base that don't really even seem to care about that you know they despite the fact that the switch is so far behind it hasn't really seemed to hinder it very much it's been you know the top selling console past couple years i think and uh you know and i always think it's interesting that the 
attach rate of games are you know are super high like there are people that buy a playstation or an xbox and then all they buy every year are you know the new madden and the new nba 2k and then maybe buy the new gta when it comes out whereas the switch like people that buy a switch are buying mario kart and they're buying pokemon and they're buying uh you know the new mario game or zelda game and that's you know, people buy that console for those things. And so I think the Nintendo is perfectly fine just kind of doing their own thing, even though sometimes it makes you just kind of tilt your head and nine, you know, scratch the top of your head, wondering what they're doing. I think this OLED model of the Switch makes people do that because I think a lot of people were just excited to be able to upgrade their Switch to the to the new I, I get beefier that. model. I get that. And at the end of the day, I think you said it best, Jahan. This is a model that's for people who don't have one that are wanting to get one. It's like, well, if you're going to get one, spend the extra 50 bucks and spend, get this I, nicer one. I would one. definitely say spend the 50. Uh, so is that uh, a pass or play for you there on the, uh, on the <laughs> OLED model? It's going to be a pass for me. If something happened in my, my current switch crapped out or something, and I was in need of a new model, I would happily pick up the OLED model. But with mine working, perfectly fine i can't in good conscience go there, and there is a rumored uh limited edition zelda oled model as well uh, i'm not sure if that's real i'm not sure if that's just <laughs> anybody watching at home we got a fucking eye roll from drew on that one i don't think it was <laughs> intentional but <laughs> i'm just not big on the you know, the limited edition mm. branded consoles. I've just never been big on that. You know, I've, I remember it's only been for switch for me. So I didn't have a DS. And when I went to go buy a DS way back when, you know, I could get like blue or red. And at the time they had the gold Zelda Triforce one. And I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm gonna take the gold Zelda Triforce one. That's dope as hell. But other than that, yeah, like I'm not going to go out and pick one up because it is a collector's edition. Yeah. But if I don't have one, I might get it. The same way you're talking about the the OLED screen. If you don't have it, I might get it. I I'm gonna go pass for the OLED because I give a pass to the Switch because I'm a fucking dick face. We're all broke, man. We're all thirty something now, and we're all broke. And if you're younger than us, you're probably broke too, unless you went to college. And if you did, good for you. And your struggle, I get it, it was hard. But everyone else is broke, and you can only afford one system. Don't don't make it a Switch. You can't even watch your Netflix on your Switch. Switch only has Hulu functionality. What the hell? You can't put a <laughs> Blu-ray in or a DVD if you're... What the hell? What's happening? Hey, that's what Chromecast is You're going to play Animal Crossing? That shit is like Farmville, except on a platform instead of so, on your phone. So, so if we're going to... If off, we're attacking... All right. So I'm when not it comes... attacking... I'm just attacking Nintendo. The platform... Pass on it. Pass it. <laughs> this just this just transitioned from will you or will you not get the new OLED model to Gary outright telling people just don't buy a Switch. Ooh, in I saw it ever. coming. I saw it coming. No, it's not. Let's let's really focus on what happened here. I this is attack on Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, Gary <laughs> hated the new Animal Crossing. This is a personal attack on Animal Crossing. So I have problems with that. So when it comes to let's, limited edition, let's switches, not. Can we not? <sighs> no. Okay. No. Sorry. No. Go on, Jahan. Please. I oh. just didn't want Gary to get into the the Animal Crossing rabbit hole. <laughs> I've heard it's, it before. It's, it's pretty a labyrinth. There's no escape. Uh, so we're not trying to go for four hours tonight. You know. Yeah, as far as special editions go, uh, I so I got Jenny the limited edition Diablo uh, Switch. 
for Christmas one year or whatever. Uh, and then, like, years later, they came out with the Animal Crossing uh, limited edition. And she's a big fan. So what we did was I transferred everything to the Diablo one from my Switch. And then I took her Switch. And then she got that Switch with the money from the sale. So... We both have limited edition switches. <laughs> uh, I have the yeah, I have the Diablo switch, and then she has the Animal Crossing one. It made her really happy. I don't know. Uh, so if you like that kind of thing, go for it. That's my opinion on it. Uh, just Marie you know, Kondo uh, that. The only one that I would have considered is if you remember back in the day there was a, um, there was an Xbox 360 that came out that was had the r2d2 print like it was made to look like an r2d2 do you know what i'm talking about oh uh that's funny you should say that jenny has that oh i was gonna say i saw that one and thought it was kind of cool but didn't get it because i'm not a giant nerd so (laughs) jenny is a giant nerd. no so uh the (laughs) xbox looks like r2d2 the controller looks like c3po and when you turn it on it goes like that uh r2d2 noise uh, and all the noises on the Xbox are R2-D2 noises, and it's the coolest. She still has it in her room That right is, now. That is actually pretty cool. Jenny's Jen a, a huge, huge Star Wars nerd. Uh, oh, the Ace Blade, yeah, I'll play every Zelda and Mario game possible. Absolutely. Uh, so that transitions me to one of my talking points. Uh, the re-release, I already know, Gary. I already know, all right, man? What? I already Ocarina know. or Bust? No, the, the, the re-release oh, of Skyward Sword. Oh, I'm just going to get the fuck out of here while you talk about <laughs> re-release games, because we all know my feelings on that shit. Uh, I have two that I actually want to talk about tonight, but the first one is Skyward Sword, since we're talking about the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I have never actually played Skyward Sword. I missed that one. Oh. Uh, and so I'm excited for I, a chance to play it. I'm honestly probably going to pick it up uh, when it comes out. I did play the... It was on the Wii. I had to remind myself of which console Skyward Sword was for because yes. it was for the Wii. For the Wii. Um, and it had the little motion attachment. It came with it that went on the back of the Wiimote because you had more movement for Link's <laughs> sword and stuff. And uh, it, it it functioned well enough. I think you know that was probably the biggest complaint about the game is some people just wanted to be able to sit back and play a Zelda game. But it was a pretty solid Zelda game, I yeah. thought, at the time. I, I'm I'm looking forward to playing the new one. Uh, or the, excuse me, the re-release on the Switch. It's been it's been a while. It's been ten years since I played it, or close to it. It's got to be somewhere around that. Yeah, here they're gonna do Twilight Princess and Wind Waker as well. Uh, Twilight Princess, I didn't beat, so I would like another chance at it. Wind Waker, I also missed because I never owned a GameCube. Uh, so I'm excited for both of those. I loved uh, Link's Awakening when they re-released that. I loved the special edition Amiibo. I have too many Amiibos. I have most of the Zelda Amiibos. Uh, you want to hear a hot take? Yeah. I love the original Zelda games. I love, you know, that. And The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is the most overrated <laughs> Zelda game. <laughs> I It is just not what I wanted from a Zelda game. I get so many people love the freedom and all that stuff. But I like my traditional the dungeon crawler, you know, collect yeah. the things yeah. and make the thing that's more powerful, but not in a giant open world mm. that takes me 80 hours. I just want to play my Zelda adventure and even if Skyward Sword wow. isn't people's favorite Zelda game, it gives me that. Um, I am itching for the more classic Zelda style game. Uh, you know, 
I'll probably we'll see how Breath of the Wild two looks when it comes out. I'll probably play. It. I did play Breath of the Wild. I and and I I enjoyed it just fine. But the way that people were just raving for that game, it's just it's it's not. It's just not that good. It's I not. Didn't care for Breath of the Wild, but I'll go so far as to defend them in that Ocarina and uh, Majora's Mask definitely were as open world as the N64 could handle at the time. That was, those were the open world games. Uh, and so real, for them to come that far, I think is a natural progression where they're at, but I also didn't care for it. Real but quick, I actually, yeah, made that. Ocarina or Majora's Mask? Ocarina. Uh, Majora's Mask all day. Majora's Mask all day. I love watching Drew play Majora's Mask. Um, I, I, I remember all the cool uh, transitions to the different races, the Goron and the the Zora, and playing and, and the Deku Shrub. Yes, and playing the awesome instruments and all the different masks. But I did not like playing the game. Damn. I didn't like the semi-timed and the resets and the the time shifting shit. I didn't care for it. Um, I liked being able to run around an ocarina with no punishment as to how long I could run around and screw <laughs> off and do nothing and hook shot around town. Yeah. That was one of my favorite parts, and I, that was taken away. Majora's Mask was. Oh my god! I have it on the DS right now. Actually, I played the shit out of it again, uh, and it's it holds up in every way. Uh, man, I wish I had my mask. Out. I have a Majora's Mask that I three D printed, but it's downstairs. Uh, I need to paint it, but it's really cool. I'm about to out myself because going back to the limited edition consoles, the only ever one that I bought was the Majora's Mask 3DS that came out went with the release of Hot Fire, uh, bro. Majora's Mask. And to be fair, I did not have a 3DS at that time. I was not uh, a, a DS owner at all, actually. And so I got that version and uh, it was a pretty cool version of of the DS, but that's the My. only cool limited edition console that exists. So any other ones people have gotten, they wasted their money, but that one was pretty my, cool. My, uh, <laughs> my 3DS is the Luigi's Mansion, uh, 3DS, which is, nice. just, it's just blue. Uh, my mom bought it for me for Christmas, actually. Uh, what, see, one of the things my mom always, uh, I don't know how she does it because she doesn't know that much about, like, nerd stuff, but she knows more than she means to, I think, because any time she's ever bought me any video game, console, anything, she always somehow, like, gets the deal, where it has all the cool DLC, it has, like, something special about it, always, 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 always. And I've always been impressed about that with my mother. You also had a note here about the Amiibo uh, with Skyward Sword. Is yes. that something that you... Skyward Amiibo Sword. Collector? Amiibo coming out. Uh, so I, I specifically focus on the Legend of Zelda ones, but I kind of get just whichever Amiibos I like. I have like 50 at least. Uh, and I almost have every single Zelda one. The Bre the Skyward Sword Amiibo looks like Hot Fire. Uh, it's Link with one of the birds on as one amiibo and it looks awesome i'm gonna get it i'm gonna show everybody it uh it might be my new favorite amiibo right now my current one is my banjo kazooie amiibo uh which is hot fire <laughs> i have a i only Look have two name of those birds i only have a ganondorf and a yoshi 
Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Okay. I don't I don't think I have Gin. He's one of the ones I'm missing. I'm missing Toon uh Toon Zelda. Uh I'm missing the goblin thing. The Bobble. The Ganondorf is from my Smash days. Uh, that that guy was like level one hundred and twenty, level one hundred and forty. Yeah. He that Ganondorf, he he could he could tear it up. Yeah, I have my Princess Zelda so they, from Smash. I love that one. But you don't get attacked. The uh, bird is called a Loftwing. Ooh, Loftwing! Uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. It is a Loftwing. Oh, and another fun detail about Skyward Sword on the Switch: motion controls will remain intact. Uh, another really fun thing is that it's a remake and it's being released for full price. So if you're into that, you can <laughs> shove that up your ass. Uh, see, I feel like uh, when it comes to re-releases, like when it comes to Link's Awakening, Link's Awakening, they built from the ground up, uh, which is a little different, I feel. Uh, I don't think they did that with Skyward Sword, but I'm going to buy it because I'm a sucker. I'm excited, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gary, Gary. All right, Gary. Let's pass it to you. What's one of your uh, What's one of your takes this week? Something that you wanted to talk about? So I, I've got I've got a good segue here. This one's a two for one. So I'm I'm big into Xbox, right? I'm big into Game Pass. I think Game Pass Ultimate is the best value in gaming right now. Uh, you get a lot of good titles. You get some free stuff along the way, and you also get some obscure, some trash mixed in. But hey, when you get a bunch of free crap, that's to be expected. So, Golf with Friends is one of my favorite titles. It is a putt-putt golf game, straight and simple. It's got, you can make the ball jump. You can, there's like Mario Kart style pickups, like honey and turning people's balls into wacky shapes. Um, there's, you know, it, it's a silly party game, but you can play with like 16 people. And we were playing the crap out of this game because it's easy. Anyone can play it, right? Any level of gamer can play a putt-putt game with their friends on these funny, wacky courses. And I, we played it for months. And then I'm watching TV. I'm kicking back on my Hulu machine. And I see Holy Moly, which is a TV show on right now on ABC. <laughs> you guys you guys seen this show? I want to. It's uh, it's with Joe Tessitore and Rob Riggle. So it's a it's an ABC ESPN sportscaster who's actually a real sportscaster who treats it like the whole thing is a real golf sport. Treats the putting like it's real. Treats the competitors like they actually you know some are pros and some are regular people. He knows all the facts. And then Rob Riggle, of course, uh, you might know him from a whole bunch of different movies as a loud douchebag boss character. Uh, uh, he's he's a comedian and his his he's very intense. I think is sort of his comedic style. He's the yeah. guy. I think of him as the. I think he's the cop in the Hangover, and they're practicing with the taser, and he tases yes. the guy in the face, and he yells in the face. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh very, that guy. So he's very intense uh, from and he's very much a douchebag. Step Rose. Yes, he's like I'm the, one of the bosses. Dick like was it, is it Step Bros? Is it Step Brothers? Not the Hangover. He's in. He he might be in the Hangover also, but he's in Step Brothers. Whenever they go for a job interview, he's like the manager who's interviewing them. But like the yeah, he's the uh, he's Derek's hype man. Uh, he's like yeah, like like it's so the fucking it's, Catalina uh, wine mixer. So, yeah, you have Rob Riggle on one side who's trying not to be too foul because it's a family show. And then Joe Tessitore on the other side who's a good, like, clean anchor, nice middleman. And they're wacky putt-putt golf courses that are very much next to impossible. 
and you punt the ball, and then you have to do a physical challenge like most extreme elimination challenge on Spike TV or like American Gladiators. So like you're going to run and get knocked into a mud pit or you're going to get launched into freezing cold water. Like, and if you succeed, then you don't get a stroke penalty. But no one ever succeeds. You're just going to fail it <laughs> unless you're a superhuman. So it's, it's really just funny. people getting smashed into shit and impossible putt-putt golf courses. I recommend it for stupid fun to watch. Uh, uh, real quick, Ninjax says... Hydru, aka Welby Chiggery Cheeks. Oh, I guess that's a nickname that, for Drew. That is actually uh, my current D and D campaign character name. So ah. that is definitely. Uh, hello, first off, hello. Uh, but it must be somebody that is from my D and D group that I just it, don't know their Twitch name. It is. That is friend of the show, Travis. That is Travis. Uh, that's, that would have been my guess. That would have been my guess. His his D and D character is named Shadow. Uh, so shout out to Travis and Shadow. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's funny. Uh, the 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 show you're talking about. I believe you said you started watching because you were looking for more after I turned you on <laughs> to uh, the floor is lava. Yeah, so it's a lot like Floor is Lava, which Floor if you guys haven't seen that on Netflix, that is really a treat. It's hilarious. When they fall in the lava and they go under the water, they never show them again. So it's like that, they died. They, like, cut to, like, getting them out. They, like, cut it, cut it all away so it looks like they died. It's really, really funny. Yeah, like most shows, when you hit the water, like, you come back up, it shows them swimming to the edge or it shows their panicked face of how cold the water is. But in Flora's Lava, it must be part of the network contract that when you fall in, you have to go under because everybody goes all the way head under and it always shows them going to the lava and it never shows them again until the team either wins or loses and then it shows the whole team. It's so funny. (laughs) And the whole team, everyone acts like their teammate died. Oh, no! Oh, no! (laughs) I will do my best to watch at least an episode... Uh, before the next stream it's, in two uh, weeks. It's on Netflix, it's easy to watch, and it's teams of three, and it's like really, it's fake lava, but it's made by the same company that made New York, uh, Nickelodeon's uh, slime for all those years. And so they were sourced to make what looked like real lava, and they filled up an entire warehouse with this like soapy lava-like substance. Like they got an LA sound studio and filled it with this goo. And it's so it's not too dense and it's not too light and it kind of looks like lava and it's slippery and soapy and so these teams of three are trying to jump across slippery platforms to get to the opposite side and sometimes they have to climb and usually there's a trick in the room that makes the the trek easier if they can figure out the clues based on the setting of the room so it's it's a kind of a it's it's again it's much the same vein of holy moly it's a competitive physical funny family show holy moly sounds great it's just good good brain trash, I would say. It's not like reality TV that's going to make you a worse person for watching it. Uh, this is just a, a nice little laugh. This isn't some Jersey Shore type shit. Uh, As I just watched the Big Brother premiere this week, but we won't <laughs> talk about that. Uh, to the creators not on of my Golf list for reasons. Uh, we need more levels. Yes, we do. We do need more levels in Golf with Friends. And that's another thing, Game Pass. I was telling you Game Pass is the best value. I had some Game Pass notes, and I bet you guys probably have some in your head also. Oh, I was just hoping to get it started. But two I'm looking forward to are Liminous Gate 
and The Ascent. So The Ascent, I'll start with that one because I don't know anything about it. It's like a third person, super far zoomed out, sort of like a Diablo-esque type of view. But it's a cyberpunk co-op shooter. And it's an RPG. So it seems like it's going to be a top-down shooter with RPG elements, with a bunch of futuristic shit, and then some skills to go on top of all of that. So it seems like it could be a really cool time, a really colorful, interesting, fun time uh, to play with friends. The I did mark other- that one for a pre-install. Uh, you know, again, talking about Game Pass, that's one that I don't know if I would have had much interest in or purchased, but with it being you know, exclusively on Game Pass Day 1 and the ability to pre-install, I did select that because I know that y'all will probably be playing it, and if I'm going to play it, I'm going to play it with y'all. So Anything that comes out on Game Pass that is co-op is going to get at least 30 minutes of play in my ride. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try it. I love co-op games. Xbox Game Pass, uh, I'll say, is probably the best value in gaming right now. Because you are getting any any first uh, party title from Xbox, Xbox Game Studios, uh, and Bethesda, since they own them now, gets day one forever access on Xbox Game Pass. So you get every single game uh, that they are releasing first party. Uh including, like, Halo, uh, Back for Blood, I know, is uh, day one. Uh, I don't even know if they make that. I don't know how they got that, but they have a day one access. Uh, the Ascent, Luminous Gate, so many good ones coming up specifically. They've been knocking it out of the park with their selection lately, and their That's acquisition. The okay. deal with EA play that's yes. it's not forever, right? The EA play could literally deal at, you know, it could end at the end of the year. It could They might not yeah, really we don't know. And it could last forever. It could be a beautiful partnership. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? But for right now, you also have access to EA Play, which is most of the EA library. Quite a bit of it. It's not It's not all their new stuff day one. Uh, okay. You do receive discounts. You're right. Let me totally rephrase that. It is by no means most of the EA library. <laughs> it is most of EA's major titles from the past eight years or so. It's not their obscure shit. It is not your classic favorites when you were a kid. It is not every EA game. It's like all the Maddens and all the FIFAs and some NBA games, some NHL games, some shooters. Uh, they've got a they've got a pretty wide array of stuff. All the Star Wars games, I think, are on there. Rogue Squadron is the most recent one that popped up on there, which is also free on PlayStation Network right now. And if you have PSVR, it's the PSVR version, so you can get Rogue pilot VR shit for free, which I'm gonna do very soon. Uh, Jedi, what is it, Fallen Order is on there, I believe? That yes, Fallen Order is on there. was awesome. I hated Fallen Order I because like I it. Souls games. You hate Souls games, yeah. If you like Souls yeah. games and you like Star Wars, you are missing out if you do not play Fallen Order. It is hot and fire. I do not play the Souls games because I'm really bad at video games, even though I play them all the time. But man, I loved Fallen Order, and I... It's one of those games that just took a hold of me when it came out, and I played it nonstop for a couple of days until I 100%ed it with all achievements and all that good stuff. Because I think I probably would have loved it as a kid because I, we were so starved for good Star Wars game content as kids that it would have been awesome. And as an adult, we still are. Already, we still are starved for good Star Wars games. <laughs> I was going to say, having already played KOTOR and KOTOR 2, now I have something to compare Star Wars games to. I compare them all to the KOTORs now. Uh, the last game I was going to talk about was Lemnus Gate. Now we've mentioned it over and over, but what is it? It's a co-op game. It's a tactical game. It's a turn-based game. 
Um, it's at least 2v2 online. So hopefully it's also 2v AI. And Jahan and I can play chess with RPG units and kill bad guy units. That seems like fun. It does seem like fun. It seems like a lot of fun. We've recently been playing Pit People. Pit People, yes. For Which the is made of Castle Crashers. The Behemoth is what their studios are called, I think. The Behemoth. <laughs> and so Pit I did People. Did you see playing that the other night? It's it was twenty bucks, and we were looking for a game that we could play co-op. That was exactly like I explained. We wanted to play like some co-op chess with RPG elements, and that seems like such a simple idea, right? Like such they, that game should have been existing since like N sixty four. And why doesn't it? Because it's like the oldest game in the world, except let two people play it and let them upgrade their shit. But it's surprisingly hard to find a game that easy. <laughs> so. We found Pit People. It's only twenty bucks. It's really funny. So it's, it's like so mature funny. rated, like Castle Crashers, but it's cartoony. But also, uh, like the you soundtrack know, is amazing. Lots of poops and lots of farts and lots of beheadings. Uh, the soundtrack slaps. You can have over a hundred characters in your like pool to choose from, but. You have six character slots per person. Jahan has six. I have six. I can put whoever I want in my six slots. You can change their helmets. The heavier the helmet, the uh, the stronger the armor, and the least the less damage you do. So you can have different helmets and then different weapon types. Like if you have a stunning weapon, it does more damage against people with helmets. Or if you have a sharp weapon, it does more crit damage. Things like that. There's bows. There's artillery cannons that shoot all the way across the map, but they don't have any close range. You can totally customize your team. You can yeah. do a zillion different things. Yeah, and there's also... Any out in the world can be captured with yeah. a cave if they're the last enemy on the field. So if you kill who you want in a smart way and you leave one enemy that you don't have a copy of yet, you can capture them in like a pseudo-Pokemon kind of way. Put them in a cage, take them back to your town, and slot them out on your team. Yeah, because a lot of them are like humans, uh, just regular humans, and they're all like the same... Uh, but there's also like vampires and giant werewolves and like unicorns that are artillery and then Cyclops and a Cyclops. poison mushroom guy and like a, a little poo who has a tuba and when he plays his tuba everyone gets attack speed around him. Like there's there all sorts of playing a tuba, yes. <laughs> so it's a and for twenty bucks, it felt like a steal, man. That game we and it's it's also couch co op. So Annie and I were playing it for hours. We had a blast. Then Jahan and I started playing it. We had a blast. Uh, it's definitely $20 worth of fun. I cannot recommend it enough. I, I'm so surprised it's not on Game Pass because it is a perfect Game Pass game. But that being said, it's also worth your $20. Not only is it a perfect Game Pass game, buy it. 20 bucks is cheap as hell. If you and your friend are looking for something to do, the way the combat works is it's not as slow as a, as a classic turn-based game. You pick the hex you go to, and since you already have your weapons and shit equipped from town, when you get to that hex, you attack somebody who's around that hex. Yeah. So if you're smart, you can choose exactly who you attack by where you place your troop, and sometimes you can't choose exactly who to attack. You can pick between, like, two or three targets if you're surrounded in a hex. So you move all your stuff, you hold Y, and then it goes boom, and the combat round starts. Yeah, they all go all at once. It's pretty cool. I like It's very unique. I play all tactics games. I played almost... I played most of them. I love tactics games. It's what I do. XCOM 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. This game is very unique. Uh, and the tactics, even though it's a $20 c 
comedic RPG. Uh, the gameplay is solid. Uh, the tactics are solid. It's very fun. Uh, and the and game is fast, fast to play. It is not slow like a lot of classic tactics games. Colorful, fast, fun. I can't, again, can't recommend it enough. So, I am looking at the time here. Do you guys want to break episode one uh, and do episode two after the break? Uh, or do you guys ha- still have some stuff to fill up in here? We've got uh, we've got 15 minutes before I thought we would really... Oh, you want to do it at the 9.30 mark? Before we need to take a break. So is there anything... I mean, if you guys want to take a break, we can do that too. But if there's anything we need to get out in these last 15 minutes... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's try to shove those out and then we can take our break. Uh, yeah. I'll Just go through a couple things, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. We... We talked to Black Widow uh, earlier and to switch from video games for a bit and um, I'm going to shift it back to movies. I'm not going to talk about too much in depth like I did with or like Jahan and I did and will uh, with Black Widow since we will be talking spoilers later. Um, I, I'm going to just talk about some of the movies that I've seen recently. Um, first off, I have these listed here, but I'm not going to go in order. So I apologize, Jahan, if that screws you up. No, I'm good. Um, Stuff I watched on Amazon Prime, The Tomorrow War. Did either of you see this new Chris Pratt uh, high, you know, big budget action movie? I saw some of it. Uh, I saw like the beginning. I didn't, I had a stream that night, so I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but I saw uh, up until when they jumped. That's right. Okay. So, have you ever not watched something and you knew that it was going to be like a six out of ten at best? Because that's how I felt when I saw the cover for that. I was like, "That's not going to be great." Uh, Yeah, it's so. First off, to give a little background on this movie that that I find to be interesting is, um, you know, during the pandemic when theaters shut down. Um, some of the studios started selling off their movies uh, to streaming services. That was, you know, a common thing that was happening. Paramount was probably the one that was doing that the most. Um, I don't have a list in front of me, but off off the top of my head, um, there's a movie they called The Lovebirds with, uh, I believe it's with Kamel Nanjiani's in it, and they sold that off to Netflix. They sold um, the they they released Paramount Plus. They did the newest SpongeBob movie. Went to that. Um, they did the the Tom Clancy Without Remorse movie with Michael B. Jordan. They sold that off to Amazon Prime. Um, there are a few other ones. Ah, it's going to bother me. Hold on. I need to. I need. I have. To, I have to to know. It's going to bother me. Um, uh, fun fact. Supposedly, anyway, uh, Tom Clancy both knew and disliked my grandmother. I love that fun fact every time. I always forget and remember. <laughs> Let's see. Not releases. Oh, The Trial of the Chicago 7 was sold off to Netflix. Um, amongst other ones. Anyway, they Paramount held on to their sure bets. They held on to A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, they held on to Top Gun Maverick, the Top Gun sequel. Um, you know, those were some of their big budget ones that they 
believe need the theatrical release that they're going to make money they sold off you know a lot of their the rest of their slate to go straight to streaming uh, the tomorrow war is one of the victims of that it's like a big 200 million dollar big budget action alien movie starring chris pratt sounds like something that would come out in theaters instead you can stream it day one uh this past past fourth of july weekend on amazon prime it's not very good uh it's it's uh it's it's about a guy there's a there's an alien war in the future and earth is losing and so they resort to going back to the past which in the movie is the present um taking people from the present and bringing them to the future to fight in the war against aliens to try to save earth. Yeah. Which I actually thought was cool. Neat premise. Yeah. Cool premise. Cool premise. Um, Chris Pratt is, is not funny in it. He plays a smart scientist who's not wisecracking. Like we're used to seeing him in movies. So he's pretty badly utilized in it. I was going to say, it sounds like they've made a mistake. That's like yeah. any time you cast Ryan Reynolds to play anyone other say, than Ryan Reynolds. I was going to say, Ryan Reynolds is a great example. Don't yeah, you? He, he's been Van Wilder, and now he's still Van Wilder, and Van Wilder is an awesome Deadpool. And Van Wilder was awesome in waiting, and that's just Ryan Reynolds. It's why you fucking hire him. He crushes that role. Exactly, exactly. So Chris Pratt just seems almost out of place in this. That being said fun premise the aliens actually look pretty cool but um are you gonna get like a super quality piece of cinema on your home tv probably not but it's mindless something you can throw on anyway i watched that um i also watched fear street part one at fear street 1994 i don't know if y'all have heard about this netflix released this um last weekend and they're doing a uh, three releases in a row so fear street 1994 came out last weekend this week uh fear street 17 or excuse me 1978 came out and the next weekend fear street 1666 will come out and so these are based on the old rl stein books you know goosebumps was popular with us and he also did i think fear street was aimed towards older kids than uh the Goosebumps books were, but this is a series. Um, it's super campy 90s style <laughs> horror movie. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, if you want to catch that, the first and second iterations of Fear Street are on uh, on Netflix. I, They're both like an hour 45. I will definitely be checking that out. Definitely, uh, definitely. I, I recommend it. If you like, you know... 90s kind of like scream i know what you did last summer kind of you know campy horror uh absolutely give this one a watch it's pretty fun um this i've only seen the first one the the second one just came out this weekend i actually might even watch it tonight um we'll see but i i I do recommend it it's it's pretty fun um you're not going to get like a lot of big name actors or anything like that and it's you know a lot you know younger a lot of younger aged kids as the main characters but it's fun it's fun so i give that a recommendation um also on streaming exclusively on hbo max there's a new steven soderbergh movie steven soderbergh known for the ocean the the new oceans trilogy um as well as a few a few other movies of note i'm not going to go into his filmography but he did a new kind of heist movie the cast for this movie is nuts um don Cheadle. Benicio del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm, Brendan Fraser, Kieran Colin, uh, Culkin, excuse me, um, Ray Liotta. Uh, it's 
it's interesting movie. It's one of those kind of heist movies that it's a little bit hard to follow the plot at times, but you're watching these <laughs> really called? good actors. No sudden move. That sounds good. Yeah, uh, Julia Fox is also in it. She's uh, if you ever saw Uncut Gems, the new uh, Adam Sandler movie that came out just a couple of years ago. I love heist movies, and from that I mean most of the oceans until they became too self-aware, and then both of the uh, the, the magician ones. Now you see me, catch me. Yeah, now you see me. I was going to say catch me if you can, but that's a, <laughs> that's a yeah. Both of the now you see me's are very very good. And so I think I like heist movies. Again, we talked about yeah. Fast Five, where they heist the bank vault down the road in Rio. Uh, I love that bank heist, too. So I think if there's a heist I'm in, and that cast you mentioned was all-stars hell. Speaking of heist yeah, movies, I, uh, I need to watch Army of the Dead. That's a zombie heist movie. That oh, sounds awesome. Is that the, that's the Netflix one with Batista, with right? Dave Batista's? Yeah, yes, sir. So, report back, because I've heard nothing but awful reviews about that. <laughs> I've heard okay things. Uh, I heard that, is that the somehow, new Zack Snyder movie. Yes, I heard that somehow they made a zombie tiger boring. So if that's I, that's that's the whole review I heard was one sentence that I'll they let made you know. I I don't like Zack Snyder, so that's an immediate red flag for me. I love Batista. I so. love Batista. I love zombies. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, speaking of Netflix zombies, Black Summer season two. I finished it uh, the other night. I liked it. Good zombie action. Good stuff. I, don't know I Black wanted Summer. to watch Army of the Dead, and every time I'd be about to hit play, I'd see that two and a half hour runtime, and I was just like, "Same, can't do it. Like I can't. I just I don't I don't want this right now." And so it's still on my list of to watch i just have it and now i feel like it kind of came and went and no, it, people were talking about it for a weekend and then now nobody's talking about it so i feel like i you know maybe i'll get around to it one day but we'll see hey john while you're on zombies you could talk about the uh, the zombie games coming out that you're excited for right i could talk about that uh, i definitely want to get into it later because i want to talk about lucas art studios uh, mm, okay a little, just a little bit but uh they, so that's forward to after the break is we're going to talk about zombie video games oh yeah we could do that there's several coming out that are very exciting so that could be mm -hmm. good uh we'll talk about that after break uh also so it's going to be a break for everybody watching live uh it's going to be uh the end of episode one for everyone that is listening on the podcast uh and we will be filming episode two live after the break uh but before we cut anyone have anything else they want to discuss I will mention one more movie and then I will be done with movies for this session. Uh, other than Black Widow spoilers later, which you should all uh, make sure to tune into uh, in part two of the show. Definitely watch that. It's going to be fun. Um, but one more movie. Have y'all heard of the movie called Zola? Is this, has this, does that have any recognition? I have not, I have not heard of it. So I, I I won't go too much into it. This is a movie I actually went and saw in theaters this past week. And this is a movie that is based off of a Twitter thread that happened back in 2015. It was a, a, a thread of 140-something-odd back-to-back tweets um, from a, a woman nicknamed Zola about a uh, just a crazy night that she had that involves... Um, strippers and uh, 
sex trafficking and all these things. And so they made a movie based off of that Twitter thread. Um, this movie is absolutely bananas. I loved it. It's, it is crazy. You don't know where it's going to go. Um, it's very stylish. It's fun. Um, again, this one is still in theaters exclusively. I'm not sure if it will be on streaming or at least on video on demand soon. But if anybody is interested or maybe read the news stories about this crazy tweet thread that happened, and I mean, the movie literally starts and says, based on the tweets by... And and has her name. That's not something you have to go out of your way to learn, huh? There's a um, there's a a big Rolling Stone article that came out at the time that's called "Zola Tells All: The Real Story Behind the Greatest Stripper Saga Ever Tweeted," and the movie is based off of that. And so, um, definitely a unique watch. I, I give it a recommendation. And that is all for my movie talk for today. That is very cool. Uh, yeah, so everybody stay tuned after the break. Uh, make sure if you're listening to tune in next week for the release of episode two, uh, where we'll be discussing. I have uh, some Kickstarters planned, uh, including Ace Blades and Indie Comic, uh, several Kickstarter board games such as Volfirian and uh, Villagers expansions I'm very excited for. Uh, and then we'll, we're going to talk about everything that we didn't get to talk about just now. So... Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> 